Greetings in the name of Jesus, and welcome to this episode of Faith to Live By. Each week, I bring you researched information to help us all discover and live in life-giving truth, and also to experience the hope truth brings. And I must tell you, especially in these days, I prayerfully live, eat, and dream about the content of this program. What am I going to bring you each and every week, especially given what's going on in the world? Not only do I want to help you discover truth, I want truth for myself. And the only way we're going to confidently discover truth is with God's help. We're living in a time where lies and deception are much more commonplace than truth. Discerning truth is more difficult than ever, but we must earnestly seek to know truth. Otherwise, we will be overcome with deception. Discerning truth actually starts by observing natural events, then recognizing the spirit behind the event. It's actually simple. If the event evokes faith, hope, joy, and similar things consistent with God's word and his will for people, then it's of God. If the event or realities evoke fear, dread, oppression, and more that are contrary to God's word and his will for earth, then it's not of God. If we are deceived, it's because we have allowed ourselves to be deceived which is why the simple matter of discerning truth and discerning spirits have become so horribly convoluted. As I see it, the enemy has gained the upper hand worldwide, and we are experiencing the evidence of this to our serious detriment. The increase of deception to the point of seeming complete control in our day and time is a reality that has been strategically advancing for hundreds of years. We've seen it coming, Yet the church, and by that I mean all committed Christians, has not done nearly enough to demonstrate the authority and the power we have in Christ. It's so very sad to me. We as Christians have the same power and authority in us that made it possible for Jesus to do all the miracles he did, the same authority and power Jesus imparted to his early disciples, whom we read about, who were also able to do the miraculous. We today have the same Holy Spirit in us that raised Jesus from the dead. Yet it seems, at best, we are completely unaware of our power and authority, or at worst, we don't care, and we therefore make a mockery of the cross. Which is it for you? Regardless of where you may have been, where I may have been in our understanding of our authority and our power, today, like none other, We need to get hold of the reality that Christ has given us his power and his authority to do his will on earth so that God's kingdom will is done on earth as it is in heaven. I remember watching the direction of our country and where it was going under our self-serving governmental leaders and seeking God several years ago. I saw the plans and strategies of many of our elected leaders to further advance evil and all sorts of ideals that are contrary to the word of God, opening of our borders, allowing those who identify with a gender other than their biological gender to use the public restroom of their choice, the demand for acceptance of homosexuality, the demand for more radical forms of abortion on top of the allowance of abortion at all, and so much more are evidence of the advancement of evil in America. I remember the tensions of the 2016 presidential election. While I understood much less then than I do today about the intentional and long-term strategic plan to overtake American Republic and eliminate all the freedoms we have enjoyed 
for which lives have been lost and blood has been shed to secure, I understood enough to see our so-called elected officials had an agenda entirely against the will of God and also against the will of the American people. I watched the debates, I listened to the news, and I discerned a spirit of evil advancing the kingdom of darkness in our midst. And I remember I cried out to God on many occasions to help us, help wake us up. Well, the night of the 2016 presidential elections, I had hope, but it ebbed and flowed with the results of the election as it was reported by the news. I couldn't stay up that night to see the outcome. I was just too exhausted. So I went to bed and only with a dim hope based on what I could see, but a fierce amount of hope based on who God is. And when I awoke in the morning, I turned on my computer to learn the outcome and I bolted out of my chair with my mouth wide open and my arms raised high in the air. Then I fell to the floor on my knees in a heap of tears, thanking God over and over for giving us, giving the church another chance. It was later in November or early December, I'm not really sure which, but I traveled to Mississippi where I was booked to speak for a large church and a woman's event. Before the night of the actual event, the women who had coordinated everything planned to get acquainted brunch in a beautiful home of one of those who was on the committee. Wow, talk about Southern hospitality. I was so graciously welcomed and cared for. Well, after the brunch, they had us move into another room where the chairs for about 30 women were formed in a circle. And I was asked to sit in what would be the, the prime seat of the circle, not in the middle of the circle, but the head of a circle, if you will. And I had no idea what was to occur, so I prayed silently, knowing I was going to need to lean on God. The first question came, asking me to make sense of all that had just happened with the presidential election. I found myself responding under the anointing of the Lord, explaining that God had graciously given us in America another chance to promote His kingdom and to take back all that we had allowed to be lost from the kingdom into darkness. I was really surprised at all I was saying, everything that was coming out of my mouth, but I was aware of the astute manner in which the women were listening and taking in the hard-to-hear truth being presented. I was taught history, civics, and social studies before those who seek to revise our history came on the scene. I have always believed in America. I've believed in our republic style of government, which is to be ruled for and by the people. That means that each one of us is to be engaged informed, and actively participating in the affairs of our nation. Yet, what I've noticed through the the years of just my lifetime is a gross apathy, an indifference, and a distancing from government, which I believe has been the work of the enemy through witchcraft and deceit. There have been many lies perpetuated in our culture that the church has accepted and even succumbed to, which has rendered the church impotent and has opened wide the way for the advancement of evil. Years ago, when our family moved from the Inland Empire back to Orange County, California, we were getting rid of things, as most people do, to make the move as minimal as possible. And one of the things my husband wanted to get rid of was a large volume of books I've had for years called the Encyclopedia Britannica. Well, I put my foot down. I did not want to give these books up. They are proof of the truth of our history on so many levels, not just America, but on other things where the progressives have wanted to change and revise our history so that they could continue with their plan to change our country. 
Please listen carefully and get this word to others. The nations are Christ's inheritance. Christians are to be the salt and light to bring the nations to truth. All the nations were to bring them to the truth of Jesus. Matthew 28:18 to 20, known as the Great Commission, specifically instructs us. We are to be the ones who influence governments as ambassadors for Christ, upon whose shoulders all the governments rest. Isaiah 9, 6 makes this very clear. The government is on Christ's shoulders. That means the kingdom government of God to be shown on this earth is on Christ's shoulders. And we who profess to be Christian are to be Christ ambassadors. Matthew 28:18-20 tells us to go into all the nations, teaching them all that Christ taught, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to demonstrate Christ's power and authority which he has given us. This is known as the Great Commission. This is a mandate for all Christians in all nations. Yet, I was shocked to learn in a recent report by Barna Research Group that 51% of professing Christians surveyed said they were unfamiliar with the term the Great Commission. 51%! An additional 25% said they'd heard the term but can't recall the exact meaning. 6% reported unsure and only 17% of self-professing Christians accurately knew about the Great Commission. Where are you in this survey? I'll have more information about the survey itself in the show notes. Christians are to be the protectors of truth in the nations, the very nations Christ is to inherit. Yet, we have woefully failed. What we are experiencing worldwide can only be blamed upon us. Remember, the enemy of God only has as much power as we give him, and by our not taking our rightful place, We have given him unhindered access to impose all his evil ways upon all of us in these days. We are right to realize our ways, repent, and call out to God, but so must we also discover our rightful place in God's plan to turn all matters around, for the truth to prevail and for God to be glorified. If you believe that Christians are not to be involved in politics or government, then you have been deceived. You've accepted a lie from the pit of hell. I was really upset about the increased numbers of Christians who believe this lie back in the early 90s when I became involved with Eagle Forum. In 2004, I actually wrote an article which has been published several times by the title, Since God Ordained Civil Government, Why Aren't Christians Involved? And if you want a copy of this article, I'll have a link for you in the show notes. And today, I use my platform on this podcast and the articles that I write to wake Christians up to the realities of our day and what we can and must do to reverse the advancement of evil. If you want to see our nation and the nations of the world restored to godliness, if you want to make America godly again, then you need to listen to this podcast and prayerfully determine to take your place in God's kingdom. Also, share this podcast and my articles with others so that together we can wake up to the call that's on our lives, to the power and authority of Christ, and we can fulfill the Great Commission, seeing our nations restored for God's glory and the benefit of many. On the same topic, I recently published a blog, and I was so gratified to get a response from Julie, a woman I've actually known for many years, and this is what she wrote. Hi, Pam. 
It's been too long since we spoke to one another. Thank you for putting into words what I've been thinking. I need the bumper sticker that reads, Make America Godly Again. You've also given great advice for how we as Christians can get busy turning the tides. I'm so thankful I have God in my life. I continue to remind people He is in charge and not to be fearful. May God continue to bless you. Love you, your sister Julie. I cherish that she wrote. In fact, each week I ask you, write to me, communicate with me, connect with me on social media. I don't want this to be a one-way communication. And to get this note from Julie really meant a lot to me. Listen, I, like many people, hate politics. I don't encourage us to get involved in politics. I do encourage us to get involved in government. And there's a huge difference. Politics is the art and science of strategic manipulation to gain control. At least that's my definition of politics. Let me share it again to see if you agree. Politics is the art and science of strategic manipulation to gain control. Webster's Dictionary defines politics this way. The activities associated with governance of a country or other area, especially the debate or conflict among individual or parties having or hoping to achieve power. Did you know, beyond government, politics are played out everywhere, in our individual home churches, in our school boards, in our little league management, in the workplace. Politics are everywhere. I don't like politics. Politics is an art and science to manipulate and control, to gain power according to one's own personal preferences without any real regard for others. Even God, who has the power and ability to control all things, chooses not to. He has given us free will that we may use to ration and reason, to identify what is good and what is bad, to recognize what is loving and serving others and what is unloving and self-serving. We read in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, God of the universe speaks to humanity and says, quote, Come now. Let us reason together, end quote. Do you grasp that? God of the universe wants to be engaged with us to reason and to gain understanding together. James thirteen seventeen from the Living Bible Translation states, quote, The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and full of quiet gentleness. Then it is peace-loving and courteous. It allows discussion and is willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It is wholehearted and straightforward and sincere. End quote. Notice the phrase, it allows discussion. Wisdom from heaven allows discussion, is considerate of others. It is not controlling and demanding, neither does it use censorship or cancel culture of any kind. In recent months, it's been revealed that many Americans know precious little about the governing structure of our country. For this reason, I highly recommend you get David Barton's book titled Original Intent. This book is an essential resource for anyone interested in our nation's religious heritage and the founders' intended role for the American judicial system and we the people. Original Intent combines hundreds of quotes from primary sources with the author's exposition on hot topics such as revisionism, judicial activism, separation of church and state, and more. So I will have a link for you in the show notes where you can purchase this book 
through my associate link with Amazon. I get a small commission when you use the links for the products and services that I provide you in the show notes. Please do this because when you purchase through the links I offer, you actually financially support this ministry. My sponsors and advertisers do not pay me to mention them or to display them on my website. I'm only compensated when you, my listeners, make a purchase. And in the next few months, I have to decide if I will continue with these podcasts. And if it continues to be an expense that's 100% out of my pocket and my husband's pocket, I don't think it makes sense for us to continue. So if you are blessed and want to see this podcast continue, let me know. Send me a note, give me your sentiments, and if you can, please purchase the goods and services I bring you. If you've listened for any length of time, then you know I'm not about faith fluff, and I don't bring you meaningless widgets. (laughs) Everything I recommend has real potential to bless and expand you in your Christian faith in a variety of ways. So I hope you'll take advantage of the products and services I bring you. God blessed America as a free nation, a republic, with every ability to operate entirely consistent with the word and will of God. In fact, When our founding fathers met to structure our government, Benjamin Franklin, walking out of the Independence Hall after the Constitutional Convention in 1787, was asked, Doctor, what have we got, a republic or a monarchy? To which Franklin is said to have replied, A republic, if you can keep it. Why did he say that? What concerns about human nature did Benjamin Franklin have that gave him pause as to whether or not we could maintain America as a republic. According to political theory, a republic requires its citizens to cultivate virtuous behavior. If all the people are virtuous, the public will survive. If the people become corrupt, the republic will fail. Whether republicanism succeeded or failed in the United States would depend on civic virtue and an educated citizenry. What our founding fathers had to consider, and what we must reconsider today, is that the guiding principle of republicanism is that the people themselves appoint or select the leaders who represent them. The debate over how much democracy or majority rule to incorporate in the governing of the new United States raised questions for our founding fathers about who was best qualified to participate in government and therefore have the right to vote. In the founding of our nation, revolutionary leaders argued that the property holders had the greatest stake in society and favored a republic that would limit political rights to property holders. In this way, republicanism would exhibit a bias toward the elite. This is just part of what our founding fathers had to consider when it came to establishing a republic. I'll have a link for you in the show notes about a great article called Common Sense from Monarchy to an American Republic. It's great reading to understand what our founding fathers went through to thoroughly consider how to establish our American Republic. It seems Benjamin Franklin understood greed, evil, and self-serving elite will chip away and even destroy a republic. Yet these have operated in America for centuries. In addition to the actions by what's known as the 12 banking families in America, The acts of President Woodrow Wilson, who is recognized by many as the leading force in the progressive movement. He signed the Federal Reserve Act, the Federal Farm Loan Act, and the Antitrust Act, which included the 16th and 17th Amendments to the Constitution. The 17th Amendment changed the role of senators from a state focus 
to more of a federal and global focus. Later, Franklin Delano Roosevelt enacted the New Deal for the Social Security Act of 1935. One author stated, quote, Historians confirm the passage of progressive legislation which changed the fundamental structure of the republic form of government under Woodrow Wilson was unparalleled until the extensive passage of progressive legislation by Roosevelt. Wilson began the process of the transition to a democracy and declared it was a global goal. President Roosevelt sealed the fate of America by confirming the nation as a democracy. Wilson and Roosevelt are credited with taking America to a global nation status. Think Babylon when considering the United Nations or the World Health Organization. Why am I giving us this history lesson? Because we need to know the truth. We need to know where we started from, how we got to where we are, so that we can make plans and strategy to move forward and become the free republic God intended us to be. Authors Mark Belisles and Stephen K. McDonald, who co-authored America's Providential History, wrote, quote, America and other nations of the world have not been presented with the true biblical theology of liberty and so are being increasingly deceived by Satan's counterfeit. The devil's liberation theology incorrectly identifies the root of public evil as the socio-economic environment and claims that liberation comes through violent revolution followed by the people's dependency on a government they quote-unquote can trust. Christ, in contrast, says the root of all evil is the heart of man and therefore external liberty is possible only when it flows from the internal to the external. Revival, therefore, must precede reformation. End quote. Today, we're living with the increased tyranny and consequences of decisions of those in government who represent their own agenda, which is a self-serving and oppressive agenda to other people. As Lance Wellnow explained, quote, there is an increasing awareness that if we do not recognize the infrastructure of the movement that Trump had and in a sense acquire ground back in election integrity and election reform and create new platforms that will not be censored by the political establishment, if we do not do these things, then we are heading in the direction of communism as a nation. He continues, We are nearly immersed in a single-party dominating monolithic culture in academia and in journalism, reinforcing it in social media and actually weaponizing the Department of Justice and Homeland Security to target their political adversaries. These agendas have been in existence for centuries, and since Donald Trump came to office, it has been exposed. But the enemy distracted us to believe the issue was Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not the issue. He is the man God is using to expose what has existed for a very long time. In reality, the issue in the United States is the American people need to rise up and take their rightful place in our government before it is completely taken over. The plan of the self-appointed elite who seems to be running government is to create an economic collapse because poverty aids the overthrow of government. What resists communism in America is the middle class, end quote. Later in the article, Lance said, What taps the brakes over communism and Marxism taking over in America is a vibrant middle class, meaning people can own a car, can own a house, 
are able to aspirate to independence, then they hold government accountable for an environment that is safe and potentially prosperous for as many people as possible. Then they have this deal with government. Well, that's changed because the left has figured out, and by left I mean Marxist communists in the Democrat Party, they have figured out that if they can mock the flag, the symbol of the middle class, the values of America, if they can mock religion, the faith of the middle class in America, if they can somehow divide America based on gay versus straight or black versus white, Latino versus Caucasian, Asian against whites, anything that they could do to break up the political opposition of the Republican Party increases their power and fragments the middle class. The left wants an incredible surge of illegals coming across our border because of the disruption, especially in the red states such as Texas and Arizona and Colorado, believing this will turn these states blue and that these immigrants will all band together to vote Democrat, thereby eliminating all opposition. End quote. I'll have a link to the 11-minute video Lance published with America Voice News in the show notes. It's a must-watch. Well, consider the immigrants. Most come to America to escape the communism and Marxism oppression they have suffered in their countries of origin. A democracy seeks a majority rule based on the majority of power amassed over the citizens for the benefit of those in power. This means a few people with the most money and military and might can rule over the majority of the citizenry for their own self-serving purposes. A republic seeks rule by representation on behalf of the majority of the citizens for the benefit of the most people possible. A republic seeks freedom from oppression imposed by a few upon the masses. So, why would immigrants, if properly informed about a democracy versus a republic, side with more of the oppressive-style government they came to America to escape? I'm calling for legal and illegal immigrants to form an alliance that promotes the constitutional republic and the freedoms that we, the middle class here in America, have fought for, have laid our lives down for, and have spilled blood for. Can you see how we can pray for the plans of the progressives, which includes people on the left and on the right, but we can pray for their plans to backfire so we can see the victory of God? It is not God's desire that people should be oppressed, enslaved, marginalized, and the like. God, through Moses, set his people free from the enslavement of the Egyptians. God, through Abraham Lincoln, set slaves in America free from their oppressive bondage. And today, God seeks to set his people free around the world from the self-appointed elite who want to rule over the masses according to the plans of the evil one. Do you see how the progressives have for centuries sought to overthrow the brave American experiment, which is known as the Republic, with their own evil-bent oppressive ways that are entirely contrary to God's will and ways? Our role in this time when God is exposing all manner of corruption is to stand with God, to call sin, sin, to refuse to tolerate the oppression and control, to oppose the self-appointed elite who are working with Satan to take the next steps toward a one-world government. Again, think Tower of Babel. But as Christians, we have been conditioned for decades to be passive and tolerant and disengaged. So how do we even know where to begin? 
Well, with this episode of Faith to Live By, we are seeking to discern truth in the midst of deception. Therefore, the first step is to identify misinformation and the lies wherever they exist. Next, we must work to uncover the truth, the whole truth, and not some watered-down version. Then third, we must act on what is true and what is good. Just as I explained last week that there have been several ills of society where the church had the power and the mandate to stand up for truth and to oppose ideals, philosophies, and opinions that are contrary to the Word of God, yet we failed, God is now giving us another opportunity. We are standing at the opportunity of another chance. Who will we serve? I wanted to get to the Georgia Guidestones this week, but felt it important that the foundation for God's plans for America be considered before we address the enemy's plans to destroy America. Now that I've taken time to discern truth in the midst of deception, we're better equipped to discern truth about the Georgia Guidestones next week. I hope today's podcast has brought you some encouragement and some direction, and I welcome your comments, and I even ask you to connect with me. So I was elated when I received an email from a gentleman that I'll refer to as Larry G., who commented about my show, and he wrote, quote, I was so blessed by your podcast this morning. You always share wisdom with abundance and density off the chart. You are so right about worshiping and praising. I'm sharing your podcast with family and friends on Telegram. Everyone needs to benefit from your wise messages, end quote. I loved that. And I don't expect only compliments, but I want to hear from you. Whether you have a criticism, a suggestion, a topic you want me to cover, let me hear from you. As you know, I don't want this to be a one-way conversation. I'll share how you can contact me in just a minute, but first, I want to introduce you to Edward Torres, a team member with Ameriprise Financial LLC who can help you with your future goals. What passions do you want to pursue next in your life? Do you want to be a sculptor? A volunteer? Teach your grandkids to fish? Your Ameriprise Private Financial Wealth Advisor, Edward Torres, with the practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into your future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Ed Torres at 949-250-3210. Office is located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member of F-I-N-R-A and S-I-P-C. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They are licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website in the show notes. And I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. As I've said before, he's my financial advisor and a wonderful Christian man I highly recommend. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter. This will make you a preferred customer where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. With so much going on every day, let's also connect on Facebook at Faith to Live by TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you're sure not to miss a single edition? And lastly, visit my page for this show at faithtoliveby.com where you can learn about and take advantage of the special offers available to my listeners from my sponsors and partners. Faith to Live By is a business owned and operated by Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC. I hope you'll join me next week 
and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him. Mm -hmm.